With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is put an end to my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'm going to play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have Once again, we have the musical stylings of the Chicago band Sticks, giving us some Renegade, which we have not had much of Renegade in the past few weeks, uh, only on this show, it seems, as the Pittsburgh Steelers still remain AWOL from the playoffs because they did not earn their way in whatsoever, something we have been beaten like a dead horse here at BTSC, but hey, it's our stark reality. 
That's what we do here. So with that being said, said, we at BTSC are still hungover, so we are continuing with the Steelers' hangover, brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtain. My name, once again, is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside of me is my good friend, Anthony Defio, also from Behind the Steel Curtain. And we're going to talk about lots of stuff, Steelers. It doesn't matter that they're not playing. They're still making plenty of noise. And we're also going to talk about the divisional playoffs and what if the Steelers had made it. That'll be a part of our uh, extravaganza here on BTSC. Remember, your choice for everything Steelers, it's the finest way to go, is behind the steel curtain. Ten new articles daily, everything you ever wanted to read about the Steelers. And now with our podcast platforms for a week, everything you wanted to hear and see, that's BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Tony, good evening. How are you, my friend? Hey, Brian. A happy Monday. I am pretty good for a Monday, and uh, even though the Steelers are in the playoffs, I always love talking football with you, so can't wait to have a great show. Yes, yes. Now, the Steelers were not in the playoffs, as we know, and I got to tell you, Tony, I mean, just watching those games, I love football, and I loved watching those games, but it just wasn't the same knowing that that team wasn't there. And one thing that we do here, um, we did this uh, platform on podcast a couple years ago. Um, we have brought it back last week for the off season. It's fact or fiction. And uh, we're going to throw out some questions and uh, each one of us can say whether that statement is fact or fiction. So we're going to start it off right away, Tony, before we get into the divisional games, the Steelers would have suffered the same fate as the Los Angeles chargers had they been in the playoffs in Foxborough yesterday? Is that fact or fiction? I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to say fiction. I, I, was, I, I could not believe that the Chargers were playing zone defense the entire game. And ironically enough, my friends at bowling were saying the Chargers should have learned from the Steelers game on the 16th and played, you have to play press coverage against the Patriots. Somebody should have learned from the Steelers defense. That, that's how – Screw uh, how much the uh, Chargers screwed up. So, so I'm going to say fiction. They might have won a, a really close game, I think. Wow, that's a bold statement. Uh, all uh, Vinnie Vega from Pulp Fiction in 1994. Uh, one of my <laughs> favorite lines, uh, Tony. Uh, but you know what? I, you know, I would like to have. I'd like to think that they would have won that game, but you know, the Patriots were all saying that they're not the same Patriots. Of, of course, Gronk is not the same, but that was the same Tom Brady yesterday. And uh, I think they have taken all of that fuel all of, and added it to the fire, saying, yeah, you think that we're done? We're going to prove it. I think they're – after watching them yesterday, I think they're stronger than ever. Um, I don't know if uh, Keith Butler's defense could have stopped that and the personnel on the field could have stopped that. So I'm actually going to say that that is fact. I think it would have – would have happened, but that's something that uh, we definitely will agree to disagree upon. We'll never know what would have happened. Um, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> my, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen it. I don't think, uh, I think had they have made the playoffs, that uh, the Antonio Brown situation would have not blown up as much, especially if they would have uh, won in the divisional round. I think they could have beaten Los Angeles the second time around. Um, 
but I don't think they would have beaten New England. Um, a lot of things would have changed, and we could be in a completely different situation. Um, so much stuff has been happening with the Steelers. They don't have to play to make noise, especially uh, um, the 2010s um, version of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I tell you what, I mean, in this last decade, we've had so much noise and uh, no Super Bowl wins to uh, to count. So lots of stuff going on, and uh, we will have another uh, – Another one of our friends from behind the steel curtain join us in uh, just a few minutes to talk about one of the things that went down today. But first, let's talk about those playoffs. What are your knee-jerk reactions, Tony, from the Saturday games? Uh, Mainly, let's start off with the Kansas City Chiefs annihilating the Indianapolis Colts on their home field. I was actually surprised by that. I I figured the Chiefs would win, but I thought the Colts would give them a much better game. But it seemed like they – they they spent whatever whatever energy they had getting into the playoffs and then uh, winning last week, and they just need, seemed to have much left for the Chiefs. So I was I was kind of surprised it wasn't more of a game. For me, I you know I went ahead and said give away as many points as you want. Um, the Kansas City is going to come in and annihilate them, especially after uh, getting ousted last year. I think this is a uh, a completely different Chiefs team with Pat Mahomes. I think they Mahomes, excuse me. I think they have the eye of the tiger. I guess the eye of the walrus uh, with Andy Reid there. Mm-hmm. So, um, y- you know, with that being said, I uh, kind of expected that. And now they are hosting the first AFC Championship game in Kansas City history. They've never hosted a championship game. So that's uh, that's something that's just a shocker. They have not won the Super Bowl since that uh, 1969 season um, in 1970 when they uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings. Um, then we go to the Los Angeles Rams hosting another playoff game uh, for the second year in a row, but much better results with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dallas had no answer for T.J. Uh, Anderson. You thought they were going to have more problems with Todd Gurley, but C.J. Anderson looked like the boss um, when he played for uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Not the St. Louis Rams, but the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he, he looked thick. He looked rested. He looked just dominant. And you and I were talking a few weeks ago um, before the Rams picked him up, and when James Conner went down, the Steelers should have picked him up. Um, so here's another factor fiction question before we go in that. If the Steelers would have picked up C.J. Anderson, would have they been in the playoffs? Well, if they would have, if they would have continued the formula they were using under James Conner when he was healthy, yeah, I think they would have. Because C.J. Anderson, he, he showed on on Saturday, he still has uh, a gas up in the tank and running behind Pittsburgh's offensive line, uh, the best in the business, or at least one of the best in the business. I, I can't imagine imagine why he wouldn't have had similar success here so yeah i think i think they 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 would have been they would have been um uh able to to continue what they were doing under connor so yeah i think i think they would have uh would have would have made the playoffs so fact or fiction the rams are for real oh fact absolutely fact yeah i mean uh they they proved it during the regular season they 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 had they had a bit of a you know they struggled a bit down the stretch not a whole lot but you know they kind of showed some warts down the stretch. Even the defense, I, I thought, sort of 
fell apart a little bit down. Not fell apart, but but you know, sort of uh, uh, shown some some uh, wear down the stretch. But but I, I think they're definitely definitely for real fact. You know, I thought they looked dominant. And uh, the final game we're going to talk about, um, New Orleans Saints having to come from behind from an early 14 nothing deficit to beat the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles. Um, two questions here. Factor fiction, Nick Foles has played his last game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, fact. I mean, this, this uh, playoff run, he's gone on two years in a row. I mean, I think his contract's up, so so he's going to get money from some somebody, and 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 he had nothing to do with them losing yesterday. I mean, he he threw, uh, you know, the interception was lost on Jeffrey's part, our fault. So, so I think it's up. I agree with you there. And finally, now in this game, the Saints they came off looking good at the end, but they still, you know, just squeaked by. Um, they only won a six-point game. They weren't the dominate, dominant Saints that we saw weeks back when they went ahead and beat the uh, Los Angeles Rams. So who is the better team? I'm actually going to say that the Saints are still the better team, fact or fiction. Uh, uh, fact. You know, they're, they're going to be playing at home, and, and you know, they, they did struggle down the stretch, and they probably should have lost to Pittsburgh. They lost to Dallas late in the season they had their hands full uh with the rams no doubt but in that first game was in the regular season at, at, at the uh in the dome was was an, a great game that well you know that's true so we have we have some great games coming up um this week so uh let, let's continue our factor fiction fun and uh we'll go ahead and say that the chiefs make their first super bowl since the 1969 season. I'm saying that's fact. What do you think? Do they go ahead and beat New England? Or is New England, you know, just New England of old and going to just, you know, surprise, not even surprise everybody, but just uh, roll back in there. So uh, fact or fiction on the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl? Uh, fact. They, they probably should have beat them in a regular season. Uh, they match up great against New England. I'm going to say fact. Do you, you think uh, – I'm, I'm a heavy believer that uh, losing the uh, first game to a team that you have a rematch in the playoffs is actually beneficial. Um, we've seen that a lot. I mean, we didn't see that last year with the, the Steelers and the Jaguars, but uh, I actually think that's a benefit. Um, so if that's the case, then we would be seeing a Rams and uh, Chiefs Super Bowl. But what do you think uh, – do you think teams are more motivated or do you think that's just a bunch of hooey? I think that depends on, on the situation. I, Colin Coward had a great stat last year. You mentioned the Jack, Jacksonville game. Teams that win by three touchdowns or more in, in the regular season win, win overwhelmingly in, in the postseason match uh, rematch. But that Chiefs uh, Patriots game that was that came right to I think it was overtime if I'm not mistaken, and there was a controversial pass interference call that went you know New England's way. And it was in New England, so I think all things being being equal, I, I think I think it's it, it's it's definitely uh it, it's in the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to be feeling pretty confident about that game. The Chiefs will be playing the Rams in the Super Bowl. Fact or fiction? Um, I'm going to go uh, fiction. I think it's going to be the Saints. 
you know, and I, I try to cross you up there because uh, I'm very proud of you. You stayed tight to the uh, the Rams being the, I mean, the Saints being the better team. And uh, I was seeing if I could uh, pull one over on you, and you, you didn't. You didn't fall for it. So good job there. So. Uh, you know, I don't even know who to pick in these games, Tony. I, I think it's a fantastic matchup um, on both in both conferences. You know what? We're looking at uh, two one and twos. Go, I mean, and that hasn't happened in a while. I mean, that's something that uh, I should see if our uh, stat master, um, Dave Schofield, who is uh, on hold, um, if he could probably uh, let us know that when the last time we had both conferences, one and two, the uh, top seeds go into the Super Bowl. That would be interesting to know. That's something that I don't um, – I'm not sure who to pick. I mean, my gut is saying that the uh, the Saints are going to the Super Bowl on that side, but that's going to be – I mean, it could go either way for me, but I'm just going with gut. I'm going with the Saints. And if I keep my gut going, something about the Patriots, that, the, yeah, they're not the same, but I have a feeling – they are going to be haunting my dreams once again, and they're going to be in the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm calling for uh, the the Pats and the Saints. And uh, one thing that will give us will be a unique Super Bowl, one that we've never had. Um, if we go ahead and have the uh, have a matchup between the Rams and the Patriots, then that's a repeat. And I hate repeats unless it's WKRP in Cincinnati or cheers mm-hmm. for that matter. But uh, with that, that's what some Steeler news and the Steelers made news on Friday with some coaching moves and uh, keeping a coach. And so everybody was all excited on Friday when uh, Mike Munchak was not hired for the Denver Broncos and they were thrilled to keep the offensive line coach only today to find out that he's going there anyways in a lateral move as an offensive line coach. And the Steelers have went ahead and hired Sean Serrett as he was their assistant offensive line coach. And he is now the head man. And uh, so uh, for that, I'm going to uh, bring on our good friend, Dave Schofield, our stat master genius, here at Behind the Steel Curtain and our community manager. Congratulations for that, Dave, and welcome to The Hangover. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I'm glad I can join you. Hey, Dave. Well, I'm glad to ha- And did you, uh, did you get a chance to, uh, before we talk about uh, the Munchak and Serrett situation, um, did you get a chance to check when was the last time we had two ones and twos on both sides of on both conferences in the AFC championship game. Is this a unique experience or is this something that's happened more often than I know? It hasn't happened a ton, but it did happen not too long ago in 2015. Um, That's something I've actually looked up uh, before the game this past weekend. It was basically looking at um, how often home teams went on divisional weekend. And obviously if you're a home team on divisional weekend, you're a one or two seed. But it's only happened, this was only like the third time in the last 15 years. So um, it's not super, it's not like it happens all the time, but it did happen uh, uh, three seasons ago. Was that Arizona and Carolina and uh, New England and Denver? That is correct. Okay. And speaking of Denver, 
now they have poached one of our coaches and Mike Munchak, uh, that seems to be the only place he would be going. He has his daughter lives there. He has ties to the Denver area. So uh, congratulations to Mike. And so we're just going to start it off with anything. We're going to have you join in on factor fiction, Dave. And I'm going to say that factor fiction, this is my question to you. Mike Munchak's departure from the Steelers will be devastating to the team. Is that fact or fiction? That's fiction. It will and tell me why, Dave. Team. Well, it, it'll impact the team somewhat. <laughs> it's going to impact them in, in a way that you might not expect. Um, because the new offensive line coach that was just promoted, all, if reports are true, he almost got the job in 2014 when Munchak was brought in. because. Um, uh, Sean Sarrett started in 2012 with the Steelers. It was two years before Munchak. And if you remember uh, what happened in 2013, that's when the Steelers hired a new offensive line coach and then fired him at the end of the season. He was here one season. And it was reported in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette of that season that he actually had a lot of his responsibilities taken away mid-season um, because of poor running game and Ben getting sacked. I think he was sacked, what was he, like 42 times that season? Um, that was in 2013 when they started 0-4. It was something crazy like that. And, uh, and actually, Sean Sarrett was with the team as an assistant back then, and he had taken over pretty much doing the offensive line midseason, even though they hadn't fired the coach yet. He was doing a lot of the um, of the instruction and drills and things like that that would normally go on with an offensive line coach. And when he was hired, well, when I say hired, he was promoted last season to officially have the title of assistant offensive line coach before he was just a general assistant coach. Um, the, the reports are that him and Munchak would basically break the lineup into two groups. And he would work with one, and Coach Munchak would work with the other. Um, the biggest thing you're going to see is this impacting this is he's going to have someone else brought in that they can split their lineup into two groups, or is he just going to have the whole group? Because um, I don't think they're going to lose that much with uh, with Coach Sarah taking over. Well, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing that with us. Now, uh, you wrote a few weeks ago that uh, – and you were worried about the fact that if Munchak went, that he would take Sarrett with him. And uh, as if he went as a head coach, he would, they would take him as the offensive line coach. Um, so now that he has stayed in Pittsburgh, um, obviously they had a backup plan. Obviously they're excited about this guy, as excited as you are. Um, what else could you tell us about Sean Sarrett? Um. He's he's a young guy. I mean, he the Steelers were his first NFL team that he ever coached. Um, he had he had been in college as like a grad assistant. I think uh, Marshall. He was at Marshall as a grad assistant, and then he was at Duke um, for a few years. I think that was 2008 to 2011 before he joined the Steelers in 2012. And when he was, I think he did a small interview when he first came on and talked about it being like a dream come true to actually go to Steelers and be in the NFL. Um, he played his, his football at Kent State in the early 2000s. So uh, he's an under-40 guy, um, Not, and I'm not talking the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the yard dash. I'm talking that age. Um, and uh, 
and um, nice. just kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. In the first place, enough where they, where where they basically give you the reins when someone else wasn't getting the job done, and uh, but they had a chance to bring in the Hall of Famer. And, I mean, he's just been working under Munchak since the whole time he's been here since 2014. So I mean, I, he was going to get poached by somebody else if he wasn't a, the Steelers offensive line coach. You almost wonder if this was kind of an agreement that they all had, the, the way it all played out. Now, uh, Dave, uh, if I can give a little bit of your background here, I know you, uh, you were a college offensive lineman, and you're also, um, you also have coached um, recently in, uh, I guess, the high school ranks. Is that correct? Uh, almost. I I was <laughs> I was recruited to play offensive lineman in for college, and the optic for my track and field career instead. Um, so I was I was an all area offensive lineman um, back in back in the day in high school, but uh, opted to, to 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 go the uh, the, the shot put hammer route instead. You came to my well, just... higher education. I got to tell you, that's pretty impressive. Um, I don't think either Tony and I could uh, could even uh, lift a shot put. So, uh, <laughs> Tony, can you lift a shot put? I'm not uh, sure what that is, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you need to watch some more uh, track and field, my friend. But uh, exactly. w- with that being said, my question to you, Dave, is are you – I know that you've just um, – come on staff here at Behind the Steel Curtain officially, and you're the new community manager, but uh, are we going to lose you to uh, – are you going to apply to the Steelers for assistant offensive line coach? <laughs> I would love that job, but, uh, yeah, there's no way I'm anywhere close to qualified for that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did coach offensive line um, in high school when – or not when I was in high school, when I coached high school football, I coached offensive and defensive line and then also spent some time um, on the lower levels in high school doing offensive and defensive coordinator stuff as long as I I got to the line. But I was always an offensive line-driven guy. Um, Always liked the the whole idea of the – I always told people, if you want your – like when moms were afraid that their kids would get hurt playing football, put them on the offensive line. That's where you get to – you're dishing out the punishment there. You're not sitting back and taking it. So uh, that's that's where you want to play when it comes to football. I love the whole scheme of it. But uh, there's a lot of technique and everything else to put in. And it looks like they've they got a pretty good guy. If anyone else was going to step in, it was pretty obvious that that, that was who it was going to be for the Steelers. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Tony, do you feel better about losing Mike Munchak now after listening to Dave? I feel a lot better. I mean, I, I felt pretty good. It, anyway, because he has been coaching under under Munchak for five years now, and if you if you don't learn anything from him, you're not gonna you're not gonna learn from anybody. So, you know, I I I, I feel really good about it, and and I think I think and, and besides, you know, David DeCastro, Mike, uh, Marquise Pouncey, those guys, they, they, if they don't know what to do by now, I mean, they're 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 all pros. So, I think I think the line is he he left the line better off than 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 it was when he got here. So. 
I think I think everybody's going to be uh, great moving forward. Okay, both of you, I'm going to ask you this question. Fact or fiction, all of the Steeler drama um, throughout the last couple of years helped make this decision easier for Mike Munchak to depart. Is that fact or fiction? I'll start, I'll start with Tony. I'm going to say fiction. I think it's more to, more to do with, with, with his family. You know, I, you know, we don't know what, what, what the uh, what the Broncos offered. They might have offered him uh, a, a huge raise for all we know. So I'm going to say fiction. Munchak seems like seems like a pretty level-headed guy, somebody who wouldn't let this kind of stuff get to him. So I, I'm going to say uh, uh, fiction. Dave, I'm going to go fiction as well. Um, I'm, you can't say that none of the drama helped play in anywhere close to as much as the family connections and everything else. When you're coaching the group of guys that he is coaching, that honestly is probably pretty difficult to leave if, when you think about it. When you're talking about guys that have, you know, pro bowlers, which have been all pro, like Castro, Pouncey, Villanueva, who's really, I mean, he he's his, his I don't know how to say it. Not, I don't want to say protege, but, I mean, that's, I don't know that Alejandro Villanueva is anywhere close to the player he is if it's not for Mike Munchak. And here he is in a second, going to a second Pro Bowl. Um, then you've got the young guys coming along that he's already been grooming that are already looking pretty good. It's got to be tough to leave that situation. But, one, if you're good enough that you know you could you can do that other places. And, and two, the family ties, I think, is, is what really made him go. I'm sure the drama – is something that's nice to get away from, but I don't think that's the reason he left. I completely concur with everything both of you just said. And, uh, you know, you brought up Alejandro Villanueva. I, I feel like that was his project. That was Munchak's pro- project. He made – he helped um, get him ready to be an all-pro um, – excuse me, a pro bowler. And as a pro football focus has uh, – has mentioned he was the top stealer lineman this year in the number one unit in the league. Um, so that's just something fantastic. And if you ask me, I thought his Pro Bowl selection last year had a lot more to do with uh, popularity and patriotism. This year, I thought he just plum deserved it. He was a he. I think he is so much more of a dominant offensive lineman that he was in just 2017, and that has a lot to do with uh, Mike Munchak and possibly Sean Serrett. So there you go. Dave, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, guys, anytime. Just uh, thanks for having me on, and if you ever need anything, you know how to get a hold of me. All right. I tell you what. Thanks um, a bunch. We will talk. We will talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. Dave Schofield from behind the still curtain, or uh, our stat master uh, um, deluxe, I guess you could call him. Um, you need to talk about coaches, Tony. Now, um, here was with Munchak leaving, that's something that nobody wanted to happen. And everybody in Steeler Nation wanted a new defensive coordinator, and they kind of got one in the signing of Terrell Austin. Um, but Keith Butler's still there. What do you think is going on with this whole situation? Who's the defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh right now? That's a good question. I, 
I'm, if I'm Keith Butler, I'm wondering why why do they keep doing this to me? I mean, first you, you hear Tomlin uh, taking the reins on uh, you know on the play calling of the defense and designing the defense, and, and now you bring in Terrell Austin. If I'm if I'm Keith Butler, I'm saying just let me go or, or can't, let me out of my contract. I, I don't I don't understand. But you know, either go all the way with it or 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 let Butler do his thing. Uh, you know, and we all wanted them to get rid of Butler, but if if you're going to keep him around. Then why bring somebody else in to just look over look over them all year? It just doesn't make any sense. Here's my thought, Tony. I I kind of feel like they uh, they went ahead and brought Carol Austin in um, to go ahead and let uh, Keith Butler know that he's pretty much done because look, his contract ends next season, and instead of firing him, um, maybe keep him around, have him help out with the linebackers have them still have two minds in there and basically mm-hmm. maybe, uh, I mean, because you're going to have to go ahead and pay him anyway. So I guess keep him around and uh, did some real good work when he was uh, with the linebackers. So uh, maybe this is a demotion, but maybe not in title, but maybe just in Latrobe and on the South side and on game day. But uh, how where did Terrell Austin come from? We know he came from the worst defense in the league in Cincinnati, and he didn't. Um, he was let go. Um, we know that uh, there were other names that were linked to the Steelers. Uh, well, that we linked to the Steelers. That, and when I say we, Steeler Nation and the media, everybody wanted Greg Williams, and we talked about that ad nauseum here. Um, even Absolutely. we would have settled for Marvin Lewis. In fact, I said last week that Marvin Lewis was a. Uh, I thought he was a slam dunk. Um, yeah. It shows how much I know. And, uh, you know, there was other guys out there. Uh, Wilkes from Arizona, Chuck Pagano. There were all these big names. And you come up with an area native, uh, a Pennsylvania native, in Terrell Austin. And it's just uh, – it was just a surprise to me. But uh, we're hoping that uh, he can do something with this team. You no, know, maybe maybe those other guys you mentioned, maybe they didn't want to be part of of what you described as far as keeping Butler around as as, and, and as a defensive coordinator in name only, and it's like a de facto uh, uh, demotion. So maybe maybe those other guys didn't want to be part of that, and, and Austin was more than happy to, to jump in. Maybe he needed the job and wanted to come here and and make a name for himself. But yeah, those other guys, I, I would have loved to. To have one of those, and anybody you just mentioned, I think I would have them take over the defense. I think it would have been, I think it would have been uh, an upgrade. But we'll see. I guess we'll it see. beats working. It probably beats working at Arby's, and that's no slight against Arby's because I love me some beef and cheddar. But uh, <laughs> I think a Steelers' defensive coaching job is uh, so much better. Um, speaking of the dysfunction in Pittsburgh, you know. We can't get away without mentioning our uh, the first two letters of the alphabet, A, B. And uh, so made some new news today. And uh, so it seemed like the other day when Art Rooney II uh, made a proclamation that uh, it would be unlikely that Brown would be coming back. And then A.B. responded with the picture of the two of them together and put good business booming. Um, it kind of seemed like he was uh, rethinking his stance and desire to play in Pittsburgh, and 
and I heard pundits saying that he wanted to remain in Pittsburgh after that. Now, today must have been a change of heart because uh, on his official Twitter, he has eliminated the name Steelers from his official Twitter page. Um, What do you make of that, Tony? I don't know what to make of it. I just wish I knew what was going. I wish you know we all wish we knew what was going on, and then that way it'd be easier to to dissect this whole situation. It just doesn't make any sense. Why is he so upset? Why does he want to leave Pittsburgh? Who, who, what's making him angry? I just wish we knew. And and this whole Insta uh, Twitter thing, I don't whatever. I mean, he can he can put that back on anytime he wants. It's it just to me, it's just a, a, a I don't know, a, a immature move. You know, so why why would you do that? I mean, you're not you're not helping matters, and you're not you're not helping the men defenses with your boss, who who just got done saying he doesn't see a a, a likelihood that you're going to be back next year. So it, it just it just it just it's another slap in the face to the Steelers for what I don't know. Why is he angry? I wish we he said he's going to tell us. I wish he would just tell us right now. Well, you know what? Maybe that has something to do with uh, another Hall of Famer, Jerry Rice, coming out and saying that the uh, that AB wants to go ahead and uh, and play for the 49ers, and that is kind of sexy to Steeler fans for the fact that uh, the 49ers have the third pick in the NFL draft this year, and uh, how amazing would that be? But uh, do you think Jerry Rice really has a uh, lifeline to Antonio Brown, or uh, do you think this is just uh, Rice promoting his team? I think it's I think it's the latter. I, I don't think he, he's in a communication with. Uh, but the price has to be right, and you know whatever pick. Uh, I, I kind of lost you there for a second. I, I they have a top five pick, right? The Forty Nine ers. So that's what I would want. Anything Look, else? Nah, looks like number no three. Thanks. Oh, there you if go. If I'm not oh, mistaken, go, I mean, gosh, I, I have. Uh, well, actually, it's looking like they're the number two um, pick in the draft, and you know, I would kind of think that would be unlikely for a team to. Uh, give up a uh, a number two when they have all the needs that they they have but Absolutely. who knows i mean that that could uh that could be something that that could be well, something that would be amazing if you could go ahead about and add is, the number two pick yeah well i mean they they have they they think they have the quarterback now I think I think I think they have the quarterback as long as he's healthy in Garoppolo and, and they have a, a nice tight end you know so you had you had an A B there with a a a, 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 a ready made quarterback in Garoppolo it, it could be a good situation and I can see them parting ways with a number two pick but that's what I would want I don't want you know you hear this talk about the market's a second round pick for him for some reason I guess because of his age and the contract but if you want to go to the Forty ers then give uh, Pittsburgh your number two number two overall pick. Sorry, that's that's what that's what I would want. I mean, yeah, you would have to get a number one in this situation, and that's uh, definitely the team that could go ahead and do it. And uh, as looking here, they don't have any other number one picks. Um, I was just checking on that, so uh, 
I still don't want to lose a guy like uh, Antonio Brown, but you know the idea of going ahead and having the number two and the number twenty pick. I mean, yeah. I think that's something that uh, that uh, would be nice to have, um, and maybe it'll be better this time than the last time that uh, they had the two picks. There was the last time they had two picks in the first round was 30 years ago. And I don't I know. know if uh, you could throw out those names to me, but it was uh, they, the reason they had that, that second pick can uh, pick. It was courtesy of the Minnesota Vikings because they, they dealt a disgruntled player that held out the entire season before in Mike Merriweather, who was a fantastic linebacker. People forget how awesome Mike Merriweather was in Pittsburgh. He was that good. Um, which I'd uh, love to have a, a young version of him now. Um, and it's uh, they dealt him, so they had two picks. They ended up getting Tim Worley, who busted out. Um, that was the draft where everybody was amazing. Um, Derek <laughs> Thomas was there. Troy Aikman was in that draft. Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders, but they didn't have a chance to get any of them because they picked uh, seventh, and they ended up with Tim Worley. So it was just uh, it was a situation where they won like two or three out of their last four to like blow a spot. It was mm-hmm. it was what could have been was was just amazing. But um, and then they went ahead and took Tom Ricketts with I believe the number twenty one or twenty two pick because uh, Minnesota was a good team the year before too. So uh, very interesting. Don't know if they're going to have two number one picks, but. Hopefully it would be so much better. And a footnote to the Mike Merriweather situation where he held out was one of his biggest regrets leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, that wasn't something I heard from other sources. I heard that from Mike Merriweather. I met him at a signing that I was working, and I talked to him extensively. Nice, very nice man. Fantastic. He, he looked at me and said, yeah, man, if I had any regret, it was uh, it was leaving Pittsburgh. I should have never done that. But, uh, you know, money talks. And that's uh, that's basically uh, – and, and he wishes that he would have foregone the extra money and just stayed in Pittsburgh. Um, who knows what might have been. Because um, if you remember that 1989 season, they uh, ended up by uh, a – a double doink or a doink off the goalpost from a guy named David Shredwell for the uh, Broncos. Uh, They lost 24, 23 or something like that Um, in Denver. They could have been in the AFC championship game um, where they would have played the Cleveland Browns of all teams and could have actually been in the Super Bowl against San Francisco that year. That would have been absolutely amazing. But with that being said, we've talked about a lot of Steelers stuff, and there's so much going on. I'm sure we're going to have just as much going on next week. Tony, I appreciate all your time. Oh, it was, it was, it was a fun show. I, I really enjoyed talking uh, to Dave and, and, and to you and, and, and all the, the great uh, football talk tonight. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you next week. Uh, we'll know who's going to be in the Super Bowl uh, one week from tonight. Yes, we will, and we'll have plenty of talk about then. We'll uh, we'll make predictions that uh, I'll make predictions that are sure to go completely wrong, um, <laughs> because my predictions are not sticking right now. Um, they they just aren't. But special thanks to Dave Schofield from Behind the Steel Curtain. Special thanks to all of you that listen to the show. 
We appreciate it. And uh, special thanks to you, Tony Defio, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. You have a good week, Brian. All right. For Tony, for Dave, for Behind the Steel Curtain, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. We thank you for listening, and you, my friends, have just been hungover. Good night. Talk to you later. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. <laughs> We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.